Good morning, church. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. This is uh, Dan Spate, James Colburn. We are. Uh, this is from Central Church of Christ. Uh, welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, we told you when we started these classes that we were going to be doing the I Am series out of the Book of John. And what we've asked is to let you know is that we are. This is going to be a, a more of an evangelistic type class. So if you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook, please share this with uh, with somebody that you know that maybe is not a member of the church. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, please uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, and hit the notification bell. We've got a lot of things that we're putting out, and you get notified whenever whenever something comes out. Uh, we're uh, again, we're extremely grateful to have you here. We're extremely grateful to be with you. As you notice, there's a we've got we're in a new new digs, and you've probably already heard about it before. But uh, this is different for us, so please bear with us. It's going to take us some time uh, to get used to uh, talking like this. We got a lot of lights in our faces, and and it's a little bitty room, but it's uh, it's really going to be awesome. And I thank you, thank the guys that were involved. I thank them so much for putting this together. So, um, James, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, definitely. And, and again, we encourage you, if you have any questions, any comments, uh, any concerns, please don't hesitate to call us uh, on the number at church, and Pam, the secretary, will answer that phone and get those questions to us. Or, Absolutely. Or if you're on Facebook, uh, don't hesitate at all to, to send something through, some kind of comment or question that you have, and we will do our best to answer that for you. forgot to take my cap off. Uh, yeah, and, and again, we've told you this before, even if it's something negative, we want to know what, even if you have something you don't like or something you don't agree with, we would love to talk to you. We'd love to get, uh, uh, to get a, um, you know, we want to fix it. We want right. to, we want it to be the best it can possibly be. So uh, we need you to, we need your input to let us know that. Uh, like I said, to, tonight or to this morning, we're going to be doing, I uh, say this morning, but it can be this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're watching it, uh, we're going to be doing the I Am the Gate and probably I Am the Shepherd, but we'll probably do that one next week. Probably we won't have enough time to do it all. But uh, And those are out of John chapter 10. So that's where we're going to be this morning. So James, you want to pray for us and then we'll get started. Father, we're grateful for this morning. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful, Father, for the wisdom that you have, not only in the creation of this world, but in your plan to send your Son to redeem us. And Father, as we look at this story about the gates and the shepherd, give us wisdom, give us insight, and help us, Father, to realize that, that it's only through this gate and this shepherd that we have access to you, as we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you something, James. Do you... Uh, uh, yeah, you've studied about the about the shepherd and the sheep and the pen. You know, explain to them a little bit what uh, what the the pen actually consisted of because that's that's germane to this part of the text. Because he's going to be talking about the physical part, and then the second part of this in, in verses uh, seven through ten, he's going to talk about the more spiritual part of this, where he is the gate. He doesn't say that here. Uh, I tell you what, let's just read this part first. Okay. Uh, it says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, all, his, all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, tell me, or tell them what, what you know that the pen was all about. What, what was that? 
The pen was basically, uh, of course, being a shepherd was very nomadic. Mm -hmm. they, they moved from field to field and water to water. But when they would come to a place and, and they would stay for a while, this pen sometimes was like a cave, and it would have one opening, mm -hmm. and they called that the gate. Mm -hmm. Other times they might make a makeshift pen to, to put the sheep in, and it was enclosed on three sides, and only one side was open, and that's where, where the gate was. Mm -hmm. And that's where the shepherd would be. Yeah. Yeah, he would actually lay right. at night. He would lay down in front of this opening where they come in. After he gets them all in, he would lay down, and and nothing they wouldn't come out, and nothing would come in. And he so he was that was a protection mode for them to keep them inside the pen where they were safe, and also to keep anything from coming in. Anything that came in had to come in over or through or around another way. And he called them thieves and robbers. And and, and it was hard for them to do uh, if that. If that cave was was secure by by the shepherd, yes. and there was just one opening. Now it's not to say they couldn't, but like you said, the shepherd was right there at the front mm -hmm. because he was the defender yeah. of those sheep. Yeah. And, now it, it, and and it was very important for him to to be there to protect them, not from from wolves or other animals that that would normally attack the sheep or even somebody that was in there trying to steal sheep. Yeah. I, I, I read something. I was, I was researching this and I looked at it and it, and it said that the shepherd would actually, as he would call them, come get them in from the field, he would call them in and he'd call them by name and he would call them and they knew his voice and they wouldn't come to anybody else. Uh, they would, and he would come in, they would come in and he would watch each one of them. And as they came in, if the, any of them had an injury, he would anoint them with oil and, and then he would make sure they had water and then they would go in and then they would, they would lay down and, and they would see him laying across. And sometimes they had more than one shepherd. They had more than one flock would be in that same pen. And so only the, only this shepherd's sheep would know his voice and they wouldn't come to the other shepherd. They'd only come to him. I thought that was really interesting because when he gets into the next part, it really makes sense. But, but, you know, I thought that, that, uh, you know, there was all kinds of things out there to, to hurt these sheep. And sheep are not really the brightest animal around. Uh, from what I've gathered, uh, they can, they really needed someone to, to manage over them and to kind of watch over them and take care of them. And that's what this shepherd did. And that was when he laid in front of that entrance, he was, he was their protector and he was, and it, you know, you put yourself, try to put yourself in a sheep perspective. Uh, it, it would be very comforting, I think. You know, because sheep scare easy from what I gather. They scare pretty easy. You know, they're smart, but yet they're they're, they're not very smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're smart in, in the fact that it takes some smartness to, to know that that's my shepherd's voice. Mm -hmm. and, and this one's not. But yet when they're out there in the field, they're not too smart. They had a tendency to wander. Yeah. And, and go to places they shouldn't go. And, and hence... The shepherd not only had to protect them there in the pen, he had to protect them out in the pasture as well. You know, uh, I, I think it's interesting here in verse 3, it says that that uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. And that is, a, that is you know, he is telling talking about a physical, physical deal that these guys would understand. 
talking about a spiritual thing that he's going to talk about in a minute. Because, you know, and I think it's interesting that the, I noticed that they, that many times shepherds named their sheep. They had their sheep named and he would call them by name and they would learn their names. And so they would know when he called them who he was calling. And I thought that was interesting. That is uh, interesting. And, and that he would, and then, and that they would follow him and they would only follow him. They wouldn't follow another shepherd. They'd only follow him. And I, and th- when he calls a sheep, I think that's uh, indicative of what he's trying to tell us in the spiritual sense that he's going to get to here in a minute. Uh, but here he's just he's giving them a physical kind of a picture, you know, framed it out with this with this idea of this the walls of this pen, and here's this opening, here's the gate, I'm the gate. You can only come in or out by me. You can't come in or out any other way. And and I thought, wow, man, you know. And, and then he says in verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Do you think he, they, I know they had to have understood the dynamic of the pen. Right. They'd seen that before. Right. They, they, they understood what it meant to be a shepherd. When you look at the Bible, there's all through the whole Bible, this concept of shepherds starts with Abel and, and, and it goes forward. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There's all kinds of people that are mentioned that that were shepherds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure the Pharisees understood the concept of, oh, here are these shepherds, and they've got a pen where they protect them. Yeah, yeah, we get that. But then when Jesus says, I am the gate. And that's what he's going to say in the next one. He's going to say, yeah. but they don't, but they, they don't, they don't understand, get that. They don't understand that he, and he, and he chastised them numerous times in other places. He chastised them, tells them, you, you're, you're teacher of the law. You ought to know this. He, he, they ought to know what he's talking about, but they don't understand. No, they don't. And I think a lot of people don't understand what the concept is, but when you put it together, that's why we're doing this. So we're going to put it together. And then the very next, the next uh, I am is going to be, I'm the good shepherd, right. which is going to come in verse 11. And, and these Pharisees would have looked down on shepherds. Yes. Yeah, because they would have. A shepherd's role was, was looked at as, as a lesser role. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees would have thought, you know, we're the we're the elite. We're the leadership. We're we're, we're the knowledgeable ones of the law. And <laughs> these people out here, they're, they're just lowly shepherds tending some sheep, and, and they would look down upon them. And I think that may be one reason why they didn't fully understand what Jesus was trying to get across. I don't think if you if you don't look at this, or if you don't try to look at this from a spiritual perspective. And just look at it from the physical. You know, I mean, we can paint the picture of what a pen looked like. You know, they'd use brambles and bushes. And, you know, if they were out where there's no caves, they would use whatever. You know, right. and we know there was some thorns in that area that were, that were, you know, they were huge. And they would, they would cut those, these things and make them. And they may stay there for a week, you know, letting the sheep graze out there. And then they would move them to another place. Uh, you know, we know David was a shepherd and, and we know he was gone for long periods of time. And even when when uh, Samuel came to see what, about the king, you know, when when he said, "Don't you have any other sons?" and he said, "Well, I've got one out tending the sheep." sheep. That's yeah. where he was, and he said, "I've killed a lion, I've killed a bear," but that was the duty of the shepherd was to protect that flock. You know, we see that in in uh, Luke chapter fifteen, where it says the the pair the stories that he tells about the the lost coin, the lost sheep, sheep. where it says the guy has 100 sheep, he loses one, he leaves the 99 and goes looking for the one because those sheep may not be his. They may belong to someone else, and he's just the shepherd. He's the one that's taking care of them. In this text, you know, he's he's trying to get us to understand this is, these are my sheep. I've named them. They know my voice. 
They know their name. And when I call them, they're going to come and they're going to follow me. And, and the first line of defense is that pen. Yeah. Yeah, that is the defense. That, that is the first line of defense that a shepherd has to protect his flock. And, and so when Jesus says, I am the gatekeeper, he's the one that makes sure they get in and don't get out. And the next line of defense would have been his staff. His staff would have been, they have guns and shotguns. He had a staff. And when Moses is called by God, God gives him a staff. And what does it do? It turns into a snake. He uses that staff, touch the water, it turns to blood. And that staff was the, was the second line of defense that this shepherd used. But here he's saying, I am the gate. And that's what he said in verse 7. He said, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. Now he's turned it. It's no longer physical now. Now we're talking spiritual. Now he's going to get into this is a spiritual sin. We're not talking about physical sheep anymore. We're talking about something else. And it's what he's been trying to get them to understand for a long time. They want to kill him. In John chapter 5, they decided, you know, it, you know, this guy is blaspheming. We're going to kill him. Well, he kept keeps going on, and he keeps telling them these things that to, to symbolize who he is, and they, they just don't get it. And he says, I am the gate. Uh, I am the gate for the sheep. What do you think they thought when he said, I am the gate? I'm sure they they thought a lot about what he said when he said, "I'm I'm the bread of life. I'm the light." Mm-hmm. You, when we when we look at those, they they have a tendency to say, "Well, this is Joseph's son. This is yeah. Mary's yep. son. How in the world can he be bread? How can, in the world can he be light? Yep. So how in the world can he be the gate mm-hmm. if he's this person from from Nazareth? Yep. There, there's no way that that he can spiritually." Be the gate that lets people in to God. Yeah. Well, they didn't consider him the, the shepherd of the sheep of the of the people. No. That they didn't consider him that. They 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 were looking to try to discredit him and defame him, and then ultimately to put him to death. That what they didn't know is that it was exactly what God had intended all along, and that was just fulfilling His plan. But you know, here when He says, "I am the gate for the sheep." Uh, now it. This is what we've talked about to you guys before. When when we said this is going to be more of a of a uh, uh, one of those kind of classes that's more uh, evangelistic. Because now he's going to talk about okay, if I'm going to be part of the sheepfold, if I'm going to be one of the sheep, now he's going to start talking to me. Now he's telling me what what I need to hear. Now it's no longer about a pen anymore. Now we're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about the church of God. Now this is now he changes gears on us and he says he says I tell you I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. You know there were other people. We know that there were other people that claimed to be the Messiah. They came for a while. We we know that that uh, I don't I didn't look this up, but there there was a, another text where uh, where uh, Gamaliel I think when when they're they're asking him about about uh, about this sect. And he says, man, he said, just like the other ones came and went, these will come and go too. And those were thieves and robbers is what Jesus said, because they didn't come in through the gate. They didn't come in this way. They came in over the top and to try to de- try to destroy and take out the sheep and steal the sheep. And he said, they will not win. He said, but the sheep have not listened to them. But why didn't the sheep listen to them? Because the sheep he's talking to now, the only reason they're listening is because they're starting to recognize his voice. And we know that there are going to be thousands of them are going to come to him on his terms very quickly after he's gone, once he goes, because because they did listen to him, and they're going to listen to the apostles. And not only did they listen to him, they, they saw 
how how he reached out in compassion mm-hmm. towards those who were the the oppressed, yeah. if you will, the sheep. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, were were hypothetically the the oppressed Israelites during mm-hmm. that time, not the leaders. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that were starved for uh, this Messiah, and so so when he came. And they started seeing everything he was doing. Like you said, they started listening. Well, and they and, started following. And this is—I mean—you can look at this the same way today. I mean, we've got a. There's a lot of people out there that are going to die and go to hell. They—they they are not going to be in a right relationship with God because they have chosen not to come in through the gate. They've chosen not to acknowledge Him. And 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 what what I want our audience to understand is is that when He says, "I am the gate." And he says in verse 9, whoever enters through me will be saved. You know, the only access we have to salvation is through Christ. It doesn't make any difference what we do. It doesn't make any difference how many times we go to church. It doesn't make any difference how much money we give. It doesn't make any difference of any of that stuff. None of it matters because no matter what we do, if Jesus isn't there and we don't give ourselves to him, there is no salvation for us. I want. I want. I got a couple of scriptures I want us to read. Uh, it's in Romans chapter five. is is one of them uh, that I looked up uh, this afternoon, uh, and it's. Uh, You know, it's, it's chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Twice he says there, first he says, he says we, have, we have peace with God through Jesus. And he says, and through him, whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. Well, we know in Ephesians chapter 2, He tells us we are saved by grace through faith. Grace is God's part. Faith is my part. If I believe in Christ and and come to him and follow him, then I will have salvation and I will have peace with him and I'll gain access into that grace. Doesn't make any difference. It's not about anything I I do. It's all about my belief in him and that belief will cause me to act upon that belief. That's what faith is. And, and he tells us this in two, two things here. He says this, and, he's, and you know, Paul's writing to the church at Rome and telling them, hey, guys, only through Christ are you going to get, what does he say over here? He says, I, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Not only that, but they come in, go out, and find pasture. In other words, they, they live out the life, mm-hmm. and, and they, find, mm-hmm. they find pasture. They find, uh, like a sheep, a sheep was concerned with two things: one, food and water. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and what Jesus is saying, basically, he's saying, "I'm I'm the gate, and those who enter will be saved." And guess what? Their life will be taken care of. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll go in, they'll go out, and and things will work very well as long as they, yeah. they remain. You and I talked about this before we started, and we talked about, you know, whether we're going to be able to get to him being the good shepherd. But if we get there, we need to talk about Psalm 23. You know, that psalm has to be read. We have to read it because it is a a beautiful picture of, of God taking care of the sheep. 
How many times have we heard that 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 psalm read at funerals and 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 different places? And you know, I know people that memorize. That's one text they can memorize. They memorize that text. But you know, here he's saying he's saying I, you know if you come to the come to me, come through me as the gate, you'll be saved. You know, I mean, that's pretty clear. If I, you know, he's going to say different things, more things in from verse 11 on when he, when we talk about the, him being the good shepherd. Uh, but here he says, he says, you will be saved. That, 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 I don't know about you, James, but I know for me, it's very reassuring. I know that I have a shepherd that knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly what to fight off for me. He knows exactly how to protect me, and and I can follow him. He tells us in how many places we've talked about this before. You know, if 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 I will deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow him, I'll be his disciple. Yes. If I don't, I won't. Yes. And that's pretty simple. You know, for someone watching, you want to know what God requires: deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. He said, "I am the gate." I am, the, I am going, you know, I know you by name. I'll take care of you. I'll doctor your wounds. We'll talk more about that when we get into, into Psalm 23. But, you know, I'll doctor your wounds. I'll make sure you're watered and you're fed, and I'll take care of you. And, and it's interesting. He, he ends this part with probably the, one of the most famous verses in yeah. John chapter 10. Yeah. He said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Yeah. That's... That's what Jesus being part of the gate is. And when we come through that gate, then we learn what life is all about. Mm-hmm. Life to the full. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean health, wealth, mm-hmm. and, and everything's great. What it means is we really learn what it means to live mm-hmm. to the fullness, just like Jesus lived to the yeah. fullness. And, and when he lived to the fullness, it was all about serving people. Yeah. It's all about ministering to people. It's all all about looking those who are oppressed and saying, Come, follow me. You know, take my And I'll give you rest. You, yeah. And I'll, and and I'll, I'll give you rest. rest. Yeah. And and when we learn that that's what life is all about and not about I need this, I need that, give me this, give me that. And, and, and it's all about humbling ourselves and it's all about saying you know God you know I want you to take the leadership you're the gatekeeper you know like you said take my life mm-hmm. deny deny myself and, and let him lead me because that was the, the, one of the main roles also of the shepherd was to lead yeah. the flock yeah and and when we humble ourselves we allow him to lead us, then we start to learn what living to the full is all about. The problem is, is there's so many people in society today that take that verse out of context and say, you see, God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Mm-hmm. He wants you to have a full life, and a full life to a human being is, I have enough money in the bank, my car isn't broke, my house is nice, I live in a nice neighborhood, I've got plenty of money, plenty of stuff, my kids are all perfect, and so that they t- that's this is the verse they use yes, it is. to justify that kind of doctrinal stance. And I'm here to tell you guys, that's not what this means. This means in the context says, I'm going to give you as a sheep, from a shepherd's perspective, I'm going to give you a full life. I'm going to take care of you. And, and I wrote something down. He provides full satisfaction and perfect guidance. And, and what it does, it takes away the stress 
because living in our society, you think about our economy just in America, it's based on consumerism. Mm -hmm. it, it's based on you convincing me that I've got the product yep. that, mm -hmm. that you think you know, that you're selling out here and, and you're trying to make me think, oh, I, I need that product. I need this, I need that. And, and this takes away that stress of, of living a life of consumerism because what it does is, is we have a peace knowing that, that we've got a shepherd out there in front of us. We walk in through the gate where, where, where he's made it possible for us to find that life. And then we have life to the full because it, it's a more peaceful life. I, I have, uh, you know, I've taught a lot of folks. And I went to the jail for a long time, taught a lot of folks. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of guys, thousands of them that I studied over the years that have, have a hole inside of them you could drive a truck through. They can't fill it up. They try with everything. They try to fill it with everything under the sun, things you can't even begin to imagine what they're trying to fill it with. And it never works. And it always makes life more more despairing. I mean, there, there's more despair and depression because that life is, 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 uh, does not give them what they're looking for. Jesus said very simply, I'm the gate, and you come through, the, through me, into the pen through me, and I will give you everything that you're going to need, and you'll be completely satisfied, and you'll be completely full. I'm telling you, my life now is so peaceful. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I've got a, there's a lot of stresses in our lives, isn't there? Sure. As human beings, as men, we've got a lot of stresses in our lives. I can't speak from a woman's perspective. I don't know that. But I know from my perspective, I've got a lot of stresses in my life that come up. I've got grandkids that I'm worried about. I've got a little, you know, a little Hannah that's just, you know, she's just three years old. She's as sharp as, a, as she can be. And I know that there's a lot of evil out there. There's a lot of thieves and robbers out there. They're going to try to take her soul. They will. And it's going to be up to my son and his wife to make sure that they're taught. And, I'm, and I worry about that. I worry that, did I teach him enough? Did, does he know enough? You know, don't get me wrong. I, Paul's, Paul's good. Paul and Delissa are sharp. They're really good at what they do. But, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm nervous for them. Sure. You know, because I know that if she will come to this shepherd, I'll get to spend eternity with her. If she chooses not to, I won't. And that's that's that can be a little terrifying at times for uh, for any of us, you know. And that's just one aspect of life. That is, it just you. Know, I mean, you've got you've got kids and grandkids you worry about. We talked about them. We you know you worry about them. Uh, you know, I've got we've got so many. You know, I, I met a, a lady Sunday morning that was here Sunday morning, and she's looking for a place that has a, a bigger youth group for her son who's in is in a certain grade, and uh, because she's concerned. She's concerned about her child. You know, so I know that there's a lot of, you know, and now you got riding in the street, and you got all this stuff going on, all this negative stuff. So now people are even more concerned. Yeah. You know, and they, they and you know, they think, well, the vote this way or vote that. You know, that, that's not gonna fix anything, guys. You know what's gonna fix it? Coming to Jesus on Jesus' terms, being part of the pen, part of the kingdom, part of the flock, and letting him lead you through this, navigate through this life. Right. And and the thing is, is when you the difference between having Jesus and not having Jesus is when you when you experience a stress or you experience a trial, you have to try to grope your way through it, and and, and sometimes you grope your way through it by damaging other people. I want to ask you. And yeah. What Jesus says is just 
I'll walk through it with you, and I'll help you through it to the end. I know you were you were pretty much raised in the church most of your life. Yes. You know, uh, what what it what do you remember that was when you looked at look at a verse like that now that you can say you can look back on and say you know that's when that that was a fullness starting to happen in my life. What, 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 what was there something in your life that that you can attribute? Say, look at that and say that. Hey, that that's where he gave it to me to the full. Yeah, it, I would have to say probably uh, towards my latter part of my teenage years, uh, just simply because there was two or three of us that were were the leaders of the, of the youth group. We didn't have a youth minister, but but he and I both. Uh, especially this other guy and I, we, we would spend hours reading in God's Word. And that's when we started seeing things that that were really opposed to sometimes what we've been taught uh, to the point. Uh, I grew up in a very conservative aspect as far as adults were concerned mm-hmm. of a church. A lot of it was finger-pointing. A lot of it was putting other religious groups down and we overcame that by by looking at God's mm-hmm. word and, mm-hmm. and, and seeing hey there's there's a real different aspect and and that brought a fullness to our Here, life. in your mind in your heart in, in yeah mind, in, yep. in our heart because because that made us want to to pursue him that that much more yeah. And, and not look at it as, as I'm better than someone else. Mm-hmm. You know that that's one of the aspects that that I saw in the Church of Christ back in in the 50s and 60s. Uh, a whole lot was, we're better than you, and we have all the answers. Yeah. So, so you know we yeah we're right. Y'all are all wrong. You know, yeah. Y'all are wrong. Yeah. And, and and we were able to move beyond that. Because of, of actually getting and studying for ourselves, mm-hmm. it wasn't the case of where we just had a teacher said, "Here's what you need to know." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we actually got into it and, and learned it I tell on you, our own. I tell you, for me, uh, I lost three grandchildren, and uh, pretty quickly, pretty you know, within years of each other, one of them violently, and then and then two at birth, and uh, and I watched this church. And I know this church is no different than, than other church, other churches out there, other congregations out there, flocks of God's people. And I watched this church rise up and and cradle my family. I get I get chills. I, you know, I've cried over this before because I watched this church take my family and lift them up and lift them out of the garbage, out of the garbage can because we were in the garbage can, and lift us up and put us, you know, in a place. And I knew. That it wasn't them; that it was God using them to lift my family up, and take care of me, and take care of my the rest of my family because we were broken. I mean, we were absolutely devastated and broken. Uh, it was, you know, suicide was an option for some of my members of my family uh, that I was afraid for, and and my whole family over the whole, you know. And then I realized this whole church was broken. And I thought, wow, man, I had never experienced that in my whole life. And I want people to watching. There are families out there that you can be a part of, spiritual families, that will take you under their wing and they will love you and cradle you because that's what the flock does. 
And that, for me, that verse came alive when I realized, man, I am not in this alone. Man, I got a whole family of people, and Jesus knows all of their names, got all their hairs numbered on their head, and they're right here next to me helping me out. I'm going, man, what am I afraid of? And and that's the example that that Jesus set as as being the shepherd and the gatekeeper. Absolutely. He he said, look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm the gatekeeper. Look, Look at what I did. You know, a little further over in John chapter 13, I think, is, is the second most powerful story in all of John, and that's where he gets down and washes his disciples. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the way Jesus showed what the Father was all about, he's saying, you know, I, I'm the gatekeeper, so, so, so come in here and I'll show you what life is all about. I'll show you how to live. And and it's a lot, like you said, it's when people reach out in love and compassion Mm -hmm. towards others, not finger pointing, but but saying, I love you. Mm -hmm. And and I want to be there to support you. And and I want to tell you about a shepherd that that truly cares for you and and demonstrate that. Yeah. Uh, That's when we're living life to the full. Yeah. And and there's there's all kinds of stories out there. I, I really want us to touch on this verse a lot because because there's so much negativity out there and there's so much there's so much error about this particular verse. Whole re- whole religious ideas, ideologies are, are founded on on and I heard a guy just a while back preaching a health and wellness doctrine. He said he said, You see, Jesus wants you to have a full life and that means to have have a healthy life and have a wealthy life. And I'm going, Dad didn't say that. Mm-hmm. It's not what he's talking about. And, and, and there's people in the audience, and they're going, yeah, 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 that's good. You know, I'm going, guys, man, that's not what he's talking about. You know, and I wanted, I wanted us to touch on that and really key on that because, because I, I want our audience to know that's not this. Having a full life does not mean you're going to be wealthy. You know, most of us are broke most of the time. You know, but that's okay because I know that my shepherd, my, my, that guy that I'm following, he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going, and I don't. I, I, I read something the other day that, that think about how, how righteous God is to take us where I said this to my son, one of my Sunday night small groups, and I said, take a look in the mirror. You ain't all that. You aren't. None of us are. We're all broken. And to have a shepherd that watches over us and, and, you know, and, and, a, and have a, an access into the kingdom— through Jesus, there isn't anything any better than that. There isn't anything any better than that. And, yep. and the thing about it is he takes us broken. He takes us as we are. Mm-hmm. When we come to him, we go in that gate. He takes us right where we're at. Yep. And and all he says is, is accept my invitation. Come into this gate. And, and, and when you do, then he becomes that shepherd that molds us, that makes us. Yeah. In, into yep. the people that that we need to we need to be, and so it's not a case of of where we need to look in the mirror and say, oh, I I've got to I've got to take care of this blotch here or this mm-hmm. that here or I've got to lose X number of pounds. I'm gonna tell you what, in this environment we're in right now, <laughs> they better have a makeup room in the other room, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, because this is, I mean, this is bright lights and, you know, and it's, and, you know, everything, all the, all the imperfections can be shown here. Man, we're old men. There ain't no, I'm not going to, we're old men. 
you know, they're going to see all that stuff. But, you know, God sees us from the inside the heart. Yes. And, and it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's, it, I, I can't express to you guys enough how important it is for you to listen to these I am statements. And listen to how important it is that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. You know, when we study the, the next one, we'll, we'll study, you know, we'll, we'll come back and key in on this thing, what, what this means, you know, the, about him being, I am the good shepherd. Uh, and we'll look at Psalm 23 when we get to that one. But, you know, this, this is, sadly, there's so many people in the world that are misinformed, have bought into a into a dialogue that uh, they've been taught their whole lives, maybe, and they just don't understand. And they're trying to navigate life on their own abilities. Right. And and that it it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work at all because because when when we try to do it on our own abilities, we 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 basically muck it up mm-hmm. and and muck it up good. Yeah, many times, because we we think that, like you said, if we have all the money that that we could ever live, and we have a nice house and and, and two cars and a boat and 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 we've got life made, and and what Jesus says, you're missing the boat. Yeah, because probably some of the most unhappy people are some of the wealthiest people. And I saw this a lot when, when I went through my schooling in Abilene because there were some very wealthy people there in Abilene. And my wife got to work out at the airport, and she saw the actions of some of these people. Some of them were the most gracious and humble people, and others were the most vile and conceited people. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, when we have all the money that we think we need... What do we have to do? We have to stress ourselves. How how can I keep that? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. how can I make more? Because yeah. because if, if I if I don't keep keeping on, then then I'm 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 going down. And and what Jesus says is, you don't understand. You don't have to be like a rat on a maze and sit there go round and round and round. Yeah. round. Yeah. You can come to me. Mm-hmm. You can come into that gate. I'll take care of you, and and when you do come in that gate, guess what? Yeah. You you get a peace, and you get a life that's a lot more fulfilling mm-hmm. than than being a rat. Going yeah. Around on if we've got a little bit of time, I want to. I I got one more verse I want to read, and uh, you know I don't know how much time we got left here, but. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I got one verse, and we're not going to talk about it much. But this is kind of we're going to look at it next next week when we looked at at the Good Shepherd. But I just wanted to end with this. It's in, chap- in De- Ephesians chapter two, and and starting in verse seventeen, he's talking about the uh, uh, not only the Jews but the Gentiles also going to be a part of this, which that's us, okay? Yes. And he, and he says in chapter two and verse seventeen, he says he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And I read that because something I heard the other day, the only way you know the righteousness of God and how righteous God is and how awesome he is, is come to the cross. Because when he went to the cross, 
And I'm going to do a communion thought on that one day, one day about how righteous God is by looking at the cross because he went to the cross for people who didn't love him, didn't care about him, who were broken and ugly and completely disassociated from him. And he went to the cross for him anyway. And not That's only, you guys. Not only that, it, it was for people that actually put him on that cross. Yeah. Yeah. And he says on the cross, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. He knew from the beginning what was going to happen. So when you look at this, and 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 next week we'll get into the good shepherd part in verse 11, and when we get to verse uh, fourteen, I mean verse eleven, uh, and we'll read uh, you know a, a ways, and we'll and we're going to really get into Psalm twenty three too, and we're going to look at that Psalm some when we get to this. But uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you really paid attention. I hope you I hope you you know, go back and read this text and really really focus on from seven through ten. Because that's where he's talking to us and what we're what we're the first part of it is a description of, of the pen and description of what the kingdom really is like, but he uses it as a pen. But uh, I think it's a, I think it's an awesome uh, it's an awesome idea that I am the gate. I am the one that you have to come through. And we could have looked at at the curtain that was torn and the we, you know there was all kinds of places we could have gone with this. But I think this is uh, is what is what we needed what they needed to hear. And we'll this will kind of segue into the Good Shepherd next week. So why don't we pray and we'll be done? All right. You got anything else? You just uh, just again, if you have any questions, comments, please, absolutely, please uh, send those through. Send us through. All right. Let's pray and we'll be done. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for your graciousness and for your righteousness, because we know that through you and through him, we have access to you. We have, uh, we have peace and we have harmony and we have, uh, we have a connection to a family that we could never have any other way. Father, we thank you so much. We ask your blessings upon us this morning as we begin our worship here in just a little bit. As we, as we worship you, I pray that we'll take this understanding of this text and take it into our worship this morning. And it's in the name of your Holy Son we pray. Amen.